All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's true. I have winged auctions before, and I have fun. And also, um, just so you guys know, anyone who heard what she said about Lindsay's bread for one month for a year, if you've ever had Lindsay's bread, there's not really a price you can put on it. And I have to remind my wife, we do have a price that we can only pay. So, but we will be bidding on that for sure. Um, glad to have you guys all here. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're sticking with Genesis for a lot of this series um, with this hot mess we're talking about. So Genesis 1.1, I hope you all can find it. It's like the first table of contents, Genesis. You're going to be right there. So open up there as we dive in today. And uh, we're going to keep talking about how our, our lives can, in many ways, be a hot mess. If you're online joining us today, welcome. Glad to have you. And um, you can probably even do a split screen, a Bible on one side, video on the other, and follow along with what we're going to do about or talk about today. Um, how many of you guys, uh, and I've asked this on the first week, but I, but I know there's some people here that maybe haven't been uh, here for this series yet, but how many of you guys would even say you've been through that season in life where things, something in your life was a hot mess? It was messy. Some of you maybe were like, right now, my life right now is a hot mess. We all go through hot messes, right? We've talked about our families, how our families can be a hot mess, and it was fun talking about the, the patriarchal families in Genesis, right, and how God did so many amazing things through these, these people's lives, but man, they went through a mess. They went through such a disaster at times. Last week, we talked a lot about the schedules, um, how our schedules can be a hot mess, but inviting God to be the center of our schedule can, can put things in order for us. And something that was really cool is um, when I shared about our Fridays, you know, I shared that um, me, and, me and my wife, like our Friday is like, our, that's our Sabbath. We spend the mornings together. She actually had some friends that had planned something um, fun and work-related on a Friday, and they actually, after the message, told her, it's like, hey, let's, let's change the schedule a bit so you can still have your Friday with Dustin. I was like, that was so cool. Now I just lost my alone time, but it was really cool. I'm just kidding. If you know me, I hate alone time. I'm not, I'm not a be alone person in any way, shape, or form. But, but I, I, I love how God works through so many seasons in our life. And today, we're going we're to talk about something else that I think we can all be a part of. Now, how many of you have heard this phrase? I think we all have, or maybe you've said it, or it's been said to you. You had one job. Right? We, we know that. You had one job. This is a common saying when someone messes up, right? You can Google you had one job, and the pictures and things you'll see are hilarious. People epically failing in something. Now, usually when it's said to you, it can, uh, it can really bring it down, right? Because you messed up something that someone was expecting you to do. Um, I was hunting for some one-job moments to share, and actually one of them happened last night, not to me, but in a situation we were at. I, I got to the privilege of going to my first Mariners game last night, and it was, it was lots of fun, and we're watching the game, and the Mariners are getting just, it's, they couldn't get a runner past second, they were down three, nothing. It was not an exciting game for Mariners, and I, I'm coming from California, I'm a Giants fan, but coming here, I was like, the Mariners are in a different division, they never play each other. Go Mariners. Let's have fun with them. Still a Giants fan. But I was rooting for the Mariners. I was all in. And we're watching the game like, oh, man, they can't do anything right. It gets to the bottom of the eighth. They're down 3 nothing. Astros bring in another pitcher. Mariners come up. They get two outs quick. It's like, all right, we're four outs away from losing the game. Mariners go on a run. Two-out rally. They get nine consecutive hits and score seven runs. Doesn't happen in baseball. But all I could think of is when they pulled, the Astros pulled their pitcher out, him walking to the dugout, and the coach going, we needed one more out. You had one job, right? 
You had one job. And on top of that, a reliever came in um, in the middle of that inning, and he came in with two outs, and he gave up even more runs. So this, it, was, it was a nightmare for the Astros, really fun for you know, this, the arena and the, the ballpark just going nuts, right? But I also found this online. Maybe you can relate to something on an important day like this. The story says, I was at a friend's wedding, and I had one job. That job was to refill the chocolate fountain when it got low. My buddy, the groom, said, all you have to do is put the chocolate chips in the fountain when it's low. Can you, can you watch that? Easy, right? Wrong. The fountain got low, so I dumped chocolate chips into it. And everything was fine for a few sentences. Then chocolate get happened. The fountain started spewing chocolate everywhere. The top broke off and was spinning wildly, throwing chocolate all over the walls, all over me, got on the guests and the bride. I was stunned, grabbed the cord to stop the thing, but I was too late. The mess was everywhere. My buddy was ticked. The bride didn't care and thought it was funny. The guests were upset, and the caterer told me, you didn't change the setting to warm before you added the chips. Would have been great to know, but I failed my one job. And one more one job, because this one was really funny from years ago. I, was at a, I went to a car show in Redding, California, and it was so fun. So I, I don't know anything about cars, but I like looking at cool cars. If my car ever breaks down, I pop the hood, and thus ends my knowledge of how to fix what happened on the car. But we're at this car show, and it's so fun, and we're looking at all these cool things, and we get to this convention center where there's more stuff inside, and there's a sign that says newly renovated bathrooms. We're like, oh, so we go over to the restroom, and it says, handicapped restroom located upstairs. <laughs> that renovator had one job, right? <laughs> Blew it. In terms of life, right, we all have jobs. Every one of us has a job, and I'm not just talking about people who have a nine-to-five or a career, or maybe it's earlier and later, but a, a go-to job or serve at a church. I believe the Bible teaches that all of us have a job. We were all created for a certain type of work, and, and I think there's a similar why behind all of it as well. And through Genesis, we're going to see that this job God has called us to do, and how if we're not focused on the job he's called for us, whatever other jobs we may have in life can turn into a mess, and, and things, priorities get mixed up, and we can feel like things are out of control or falling apart. So Genesis 1.1, I hope you found it by now. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First verse, lot to that statement, right? But in the beginning, there's nothing, right? God creates the heavens and the earth. We read here, this first passage, we read a verb, we use what God, used what uh, described what God was up to do, right? The writer says, God created. God created. So here's God. He puts this thing into motion right off the beginning, the beginning of time. And over the next six days, he gives us this model of how we could work on our own, but not just on our own, with him, but, but it's a model to use in our own work. He invites us. See, God, God in this one phrase invites us to, into the work that he is already doing, that he's already started at the very beginning of time. And I think this is a crucial part to understand what our job may be. Now, I do want to emphasize today, if you're retired, you still have a job. If you're not employed by a company, but maybe you have kids at home, you've got a big job. We all have something in our life that I think qualifies as a job. So, so don't write me off this morning if you're going, well, I don't get a paycheck from a place. I'm not talking about people that just get paychecks. I think we all have jobs. And God needs to be a big part of that job. But we have to understand what this job is, right? If we look at Genesis and how God created us and what, what God is working on in the beginning, I think we see very clearly right in the beginning that the first and foremost, our job is to join 
serve, and worship God. I think that's our job. God says in the beginning, we are to join him, we're to serve him, we're to worship him. How many of us remember our very, very first like employed job? Very first job we ever had, right? I remember mine. It was working for a program called Summer Fun for the city of Lafayette in California. And um, I, I, I had known that at this point, like I knew I wanted to be in ministry, and, but I, I needed a, a summer job. I needed, I needed to make some money because I was broke. It was the summer of my freshman year in college, actually. I came home, needed money for the next school year, and uh, I had a friend that worked at Creekside who ran the whole program for the city. And he said, hey, I know you volunteer in children's ministry. You're working in children's ministry now. I know you said God's put it on your heart to be in, in ministry. And this isn't ministry, but it's playing with kids. I'm going to give you a paycheck to come play with kids all summer. Sign me up, right? right this, this is going to be a lot of fun. I got to play sports with kids. I got to do rocket building classes. You know, little, not real rockets, paper rockets, right? But um, I, we, we had fun. Every day for the summer, I was just playing games, and it was awesome. But here's the big thing I noticed. While I was still doing that job, my passion came for what I was doing on Sunday mornings. The time that I got to be with the kids in the church and volunteering in children's ministry, that was what I was really passionate about. See, all through high school and even in college, I volunteered in children's ministry. And I can't tell you how excited I was every Sunday morning to wake up and go, I get to go be with kids and not just play with kids in a Sunday morning classroom. I get to teach them scripture. I get to share with them Jesus. I get to put on a ridiculous costume and smash eggs on things. I had fun in children's ministry, right? But that's where my passion really was. See, working with kids in the city was really fun. It was really, really fun. But you know what I was not allowed to do for the city? What I was not allowed to do while I was working for the city in that setting? Could not talk about church. Could not talk about God. Could not talk about the Bible. That was a big no-no. This was a summer city program that, you know, the city officials were involved in. There was government stuff involved. There was a separation there, right? I could not do it. Now, we laughed, we played, and what was awesome is years later down the road, I would still see some of those kids just at random things as they were getting older. Um, one of the kids I, I was in, there was a karate class that I got to go be one of the assistants in, and I walked in, this kid goes, Dustin, you know Kung Fu? I said, I know Dustin Fu. He said, what's that? And I immediately just went, whoom, and threw him down on the mat, Dustin Fu. All that to say, years later, this kid's in high school, he comes up to me and he goes, I remember Dustin Fu. And so just, it, was, it was fun, and I know I did have some impact on these kids, but my passion was wanting to have a much bigger impact. I remember even asking God at times, saying, all right, God, how is my job serving you? How, how can I bring you into what I'm doing now? Because this was a real struggle for me. I wanted to be able to share Christ. I felt like that was my job. Fast forward like, like 30 years now. At this point, and at that point, I had now been working as a children's pastor for well over a decade, and due for a number of reasons, and I'll go into those in a little bit later, but I actually took a season where I stepped out of my children's pastor position, and I started working for my dad's construction company. Now, if you know me, you know I don't know construction. Um, on the Mexico missions trip, one of the things we do is build a house. I say we loosely, because I'm not on the build team. I'm on the kids team. But... I was working at my dad's company. I was running the office, filling contracts out, calling customers. But it was not fulfilling to me. It just wasn't what I knew God called ultimately to do. He ultimately wanted me back in ministry. And I only worked for my dad for 13 months before I jumped back into being a pastor. And I could see God clearly working in me there. 
Now, now maybe some of you today can, can relate to some of this, not on the working full-time at church, but maybe relate to the point where you say, hey, I'm doing this every day, but I'm struggling to see how God is using me to make a difference. How is God in my job right now? I feel like my job is a disaster or my job is hard and I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling fulfilled. How can you bring God into your job so it doesn't feel like such a mess? Now hear me, what I'm not saying, I am not saying God doesn't work with you in a secular job. I'm not saying if you don't work in church, God's not a part of it. I know many people who work, that don't work in church and they talk about how God influences so many people around him and how they are able to influence them for Jesus. And it's an amazing thing. God is with you in your job, no matter where it may be. But maybe you experience constant conflict with coworkers. Maybe you have constant conflict with your superiors. That's nobody in here has ever argued with their boss, right? I'm sure. Or maybe you look at your job as your sole identity. This is who you are. This is what you do. Everything in life stems around your job. And when things aren't going well in your job, guess what happens if that's your identity? You start to feel worthless. You start to feel like a disaster. The job falls apart. And because job's falling apart, your life feels like it's falling apart. When in all reality, your job isn't your sole identity. Our identity is in Christ, not what we do outside of him. Our identity is solely in Christ. But if our job feels like a mess and we're identifying there, man, it can just make everything feel like a disaster. And speaking of our job, whatever it may be, here's what God does for us. Right after creating human beings, he says this in Genesis 2.15. The, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden to work it and watch over it. Did you catch that? Right after God creates man, what does he do? He gives him a job. So here's what you got to do. We, we, we're now, we're doing this together. But I love that God is creating things, right? So as he's creating, he's not just saying, all right, you're now in charge, I'm done. God is saying, hey, work with me on this. It is now your job to work with me. We are invited into this job to be with God from the very beginning. God looks at us and says, I want you to join me in the work I'm already doing. He was already doing it. He was already creating and facilitating and growing. And he said, hey, come with me now. Be a part of this. It's not you're on your own. It's not this is just you. I'm going to laugh if you mess up. He's already working, and we get to work with him. How cool is that? We're working with God. Maybe today this is the, one of the very things you needed to hear. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, and you've got kids at home, and you're just trying everything to manage these kids whom have different schedules, different schools maybe. I know that we're enjoying um, what's next year will be our last year, I think forever, that, that our girls will be in the same school. So we're, we're enjoying that moment where, they, you know, they, right now they get to wake up together, they get to take the bus together, and I know that after uh, Aurora goes on to middle school, that's going to change. Schedules will be different. They'll be, pick this one up, make sure that one gets home. Now we've got this one doing this. Schedule. Everything's going to be, it's going to be very chaotic if we don't keep it under control, right? Maybe that's you. You're at home, you've got kids, and it's just, schedule is nuts, and if you're honest, maybe you're losing your patience daily or feeling like you're losing your connection with your kids. Maybe your kids are growing up and it's not a schedule thing, it's a personality thing. You're just like, it's my job just to find out how to connect with my kids because we are so different. Today, be encouraged that God is at work there too. God is at work in your families. In fact, he can see you working in your kids' lives. God can see the influence you're having as you point them to him and show them biblical principles, right? Even when you can't see it, God is still there working. He's working through the countless hours when no one else is appreciative. When, when mom, well, like Stephanie, when, when mom's at home, 
And she's there with the kids doing this, doing this, and she's having a frustrating day. And then I walk in the door and it's like, Daddy's home, hey! You know, it's like, and Stephanie's like, of course, he gets all the cheers, right? <laughs> God sees those moments, sees all the effort that you're putting into your families when no one else may see it. When no one else may appreciate it, God sees it. Our job is to join God in that work with our family, becoming a faithful and joyous steward of what he's blessed us with. Sometimes when, when our kids drive, drive us crazy, we have a phrase. We just go, blessings from Jesus. They're blessings from Jesus, right? <laughs> know that we've, we have a great job. Parents, you have an incredible job stewarding those kids. It's a blessing. Even when it doesn't feel like a blessing, you get to steward an incredible gift God has bestowed upon you. Here's the reality, though. No matter what your job is, stay at home, go out. Doing what we just said is extremely difficult to actually live out. Being a steward of what God has given you, no matter your situation, is not an easy task, right? There are distractions. Things get in the way. Thing, things mess with us. Things mess with our schedules. There are endless points of comparison all around the world. We can start saying, how come this family looks like they have it all together? How come this job's going well for this guy when mine's falling apart? There are frustrations with coworkers. Nothing seems to go as planned sometimes. That can be a draining feeling. But I think we need to ask ourselves that when it comes to determining what God has called us to do. If you're feeling drained all the time, I guess the question to ask yourself is this. Where are you finding your fulfillment? Where are you finding your fulfillment? And this, this can get really difficult. I was actually talking with someone uh, this last week after the message last Sunday about finding a Sabbath. And, and she had said, you know, hey, you talked about making sure you're giving Sabbath. And a full schedule doesn't mean it's a fulfilling schedule. And she said, I got to do this, and it is fulfilling. I was like, that's incredible. That, that's really, really good. And I think she should share that with more people because it's the way that she's working and serving God and it's filling her up. So if we feel like life is a mess, let's ask ourselves that. Where are we finding our fulfillment? What are we doing that's actually filling our tank up so we're not just depleting ourselves? And this can get really, really difficult because it's really easy to place our identity in what we do instead of who God says we are. Maybe you noticed from this Genesis account, and this, this is a statement that, that really revolutionized how I work with God. God made us human beings, not human doings. God made us human beings, not human doings. Though we were made to work in some fashion, we were made to, we, God give us, gave us a job, God desires that we receive fulfillment from the things that he's called us to do. He desires that when he says, hey, you're living in my path, you're living out what I've given for you, that fills us up. That rejuvenates us. It brings us joy that we're doing what he's called us to do instead of just draining us day in and day out. But there are times and seasons in life where we, we maybe step out and work for other reasons. Now, back, I mentioned working for my dad for a little over a year. I had a very different motivation for working for my dad than I did when I was working for the church. And met different factors that, that came into that decision. One of them was I really, really, really wanted to get my wife out of work. We really wanted, she, she had a desire to be a stay-at-home mom with our two girls. We had Aurora, and then we had just had Avery. And with Avery, Aurora was, was not quite in school yet, or um, Avery was not in school yet, Aurora was now in pre-K, and Stephanie said, I want to stay home. Like, I really want to be home mom with the, with the girls. And of course, I'm running through numbers in my head, like, we live in California, it's really expensive. Me working full-time at the church, this is not going to happen with me working full-time at the church. So one of my motivations was, I have this opportunity now to work for my dad, make a little more money, and it was, we'd have to make cuts and shift things around, but at the same time, she could stay home. So I was like, all right, maybe we can do this. And then when I talked with my dad, it was like, wait a second, I'm going to make more money, 
I'm going to work a 40-hour week with my dad. Now, in the church life, a 40-hour week is a fairy tale. It's just there's a lot that goes on. And that's not just the church life. There's lots of careers, lots of careers where a 40-hour work week is, on, is not the norm. You work a lot of hours. And that's not a complaint. That's just the nature of jobs, right? Some of us have 40-hour weeks. Some of us have careers that take a lot of time. Um, a church job is one that goes above and beyond 40 hours. So, so when I'm doing the math now, thinking I'm going to work less, I'm going to make more, I get weekends off, my wife will be home, yeah, this, this seems like the right decision. I'm, I'm going to do this. And sure enough, when it started, I loved it. My wife and I got to drive in one car to church every Sunday. We, didn't, we never did that. We got, to, we got to Monday through Friday and have Saturday, Sunday off. Working for my dad was fun. I, my, my dad is a prankster and a goofball, and we had fun together. And one of my, one of my older brothers is his, the number two in the company, so we, we all worked together. And it was a lot of fun, lots of laughter. There was stress and stuff as well, but we, we had fun working for my dad. I was home more often. Things felt good. But guess what happened? My bank account was getting full, but I was not getting fulfilled. I was not doing what God had put on me to do. For me, writing a contract for a new construction job was not filling me up the same way that I was when I knew God said, Dustin, I want you to teach these children about me. It was a different kind of filling, and it was not fulfilling to me. My dad, on the other hand, he was getting very fulfilled with his job and his business. My dad had this ability to walk into a total stranger's home Never met them before. All, all we knew was they called me. I set up an appointment. He'd been doing this his whole life. But they'd call me, set up an appointment. Someone's going to come give you a bid on new windows or a new bathroom. My dad would leave their house knowing their entire family history, their church history, and pray with them. Total strangers. My dad was getting very fulfilled in what he did because in his job, he just had the ability to minister. And he loved it. And what's funny is sometimes he would tell me, he goes, son, I just wish I knew God would tell me what to do with my life. It's like, dad, you're bringing people to Jesus, giving them new windows. Right? This is awesome. You're, you're, you're doing what God has called you to do. Now for me, the, the desire for more income and have more time at home were a big part of what fueled my decision to, to step aside from my position at church and work for my dad. And th those things in and, of, in and of themselves, the desire to have more income, desire to be at home more, those are not bad things. Those are not bad. I don't think any, if you ask someone, hey, do you want more money? Do you want more time with your family? Some would say, no, that's horrible, right? Those are good things. We, we want those. Those are not bad. But are we expecting to get something from our job and culture that we can't fully take with us forever? Are we expecting our job to fill us in ways that are temporary here on earth? There are numerous things we can love about our jobs. We can love the more money. We can love the more vacation time. We can maybe even love our boss or, or the, the pay we receive. Maybe it's the ability to work from home, and, and we, we love that. I personally, during COVID, hated working from home. I loved being home with my family, but I just missed people. Some people have been working from home since COVID, and they love it. Maybe your job is giving you something that you love in that aspect, but the thing is, some of these things that jobs give us, you know what they all are? Every one of them. They're temporary. Our jobs give us temporary things. They can disappear from the equation with a snap of a finger. Just ask anyone whose company has been bought out. Ask anyone who's been part of a transition. Suddenly this wonderful setup that you have, gone. Everything's changed. I know someone right now, uh, very close to me, who is going through a buyout. And they're afraid that, that their job is going to be gone very soon. 
Some things that were so near and dear and wonderful can be changed in an instant. Or working for the government or being subject to something where all of a sudden a new rule gets enforced in an instant. There's nothing you can do about it. Doesn't strike a bone with anybody here, right? Nothing? No? Right? Things change when it comes to our vocation and our work. And sometimes when we're finding fulfillment out in the world, that fulfillment can get snapped or changed and suddenly our life feels like it's falling apart because we were not looking for who fulfills us in the midst of it. The Bible tells us so many crucial things, but what's given to us in John 4 is a single statement from Jesus himself, God in the flesh on where to find fulfillment. He says this in John 4, 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus told them. I love that. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What he's saying here is our nourishment and fulfillment were never meant to come from worldly things or worldly achievements. That's not where they come from. They come from someplace so much better than the world. All the accolades you have that you've earned over the years in your job, all those things, guess what happens to them one day? They fade away. Or next year they get given to the next person who did a better job than you did that year. Or maybe you're the employee of the month you know, for, for a year straight because you're the only employee of the company, whatever it may be. You know, you've, you've get these accolades, but accolades come and go. Things from the world come and go. So instead of placing our accolades and, and our fulfillment in things of the world, we get to put them in the place of hope of what God is doing in our lives, in the will of God and how he's working. I believe that in time and time again, scripture, God reminds us of statements like this from Jesus, where he says, I'm working for my father. And that's what he shows us, that he is working for his father. He says this in Matthew 9, 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. I think these statements are, are a good reminder to us that there's work to be done. There's kingdom work to be done. There are people all around us that don't know Christ. And if we want to live through our job of knowing, serving, and worshiping him, guess what also is in that job description? We got a world to tell. We got a faith to share. We got a love to show. We've got to go do this for people. God's plan for the world involves you know who. It involves you guys. It involves me. God's plan, his job involves all of us. We get to work with him and what he's doing in the world. And honestly, when, when you look at your, your job in that way, when you think the God of the universe, the God of everything invites me to work with him, what a privilege that is. How cool is that? How many of you guys have ever worked for a company and you get to meet the bigwig CEO and if they look at you and say, hey, I want you to work with me on a project, what an honor that would be, right? That would be incredible. I remember the first time the president of Open Bible, Randall Bach, called me and said, hey, Dustin, I need your advice on a scheduling thing. I was like, oh, me? I was just a children's pastor at the time, and I went in um, to Pastor Terry's office. I said, I just got off the phone with the president. I'm a pretty big deal now, right? How many of us, though, have had those opportunities where it's someone who's higher up in the workforce says, work with me on this, and it feels good. You feel like I made it. They value me. I'm in. The God of the universe invites you in to work with him to do his work. That should feel like nothing less than the greatest privilege in the world to serve with God. There's one more thing I want to say today. When it comes to us about keeping peace and joy and focus when we feel like our vocation or our job in life is a hot mess, know this. Know that you have been assigned kingdom work. Everybody here has been assigned kingdom work. We get to work with him, with his kingdom, and bringing people to it. It's one thing to work for God. It's another thing to work with God. And these go hand in hand. Seemingly, simultaneously, God calls us to do both. We're working for him and we're working with him at the same time. 
You may be familiar with uh, Paul. We've talked about Paul from time. You, you can't read the New Testament and not know about Paul because of the influence he had and how foundational he was for the church at times. And though he started off as someone who persecuted Christians, he was hunting them down and killing them. And then he had this personal encounter with Jesus where he was invited in to work with him instead. He went on to share the gospel with thousands of people all around the world. And as the early church expanded, more and more and more people, and to this day, were a result of the ministry Paul and the apostles had talking about Jesus. Toward the end of his life here on earth, Paul says something profound in the book of Acts about the job that he has been doing, that God has called him to be invited with. He says this in Acts 20, 22 to 24. I am now on my way to Jerusalem, bound in my spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in town, after, in town after town, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course and ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. What a statement, right? Paul understood his assignment. He knew his job. He knew what he was signing up for. He knew what was waiting for him at all these places. And he went for it because he knew God was with him. In a similar way, I believe God is still in the business of assigning work to people like you and I. To those of us who, who call Jesus our Savior, I think he tells us, hey, this is, who's, this is your mission field. This is your job. This is who I want you to talk to. And we have people around us that we get to work with God to reach. And this goes, I think, for all of us. Whatever your job in life may be, I think God can work with you in that job to do this mission right here. Every day when you wake up and you go to your office, every day when you wake up to go wake up your kids, when you're at home getting things ready for your kids, God's right there with you saying, let's work together in our job. I've called you to do this, now let's do it in a fulfilling way where you're gonna be fulfilled and it's gonna influence those around you to me. God can absolutely work with us in our nine to five job. And ultimately, when we're assigned kingdom work, he's working with us. There's always a higher purpose behind God's callings. We may not understand it. We may not know it. And I think, honestly, it's good that we don't know all the things because when Jonah knew what God wanted him to do, guess what he did? He went the other way, right? I think it's good that we don't know God's plans all the time. I think it's good that that leaves a sense of awe and wonder when we see him reveal everything to us and it gives him the glory instead of us the glory. No matter how mundane or boring your job may feel at times, we're called to be ambassadors of reconciliation, ambassadors of love, ambassadors of Jesus to the kingdom. And it's a privilege to do it. Simply put, one of our main jobs, worship, share, serve Jesus. We can do that no matter what we're doing in life. I believe that everybody in this room, no matter your job, business, career, stay-at-home parent, whatever, you can do it every day. You can share the love of Jesus. You can be an ambassador for him every single day. You don't have to just work in church to share Jesus. You don't have to be a pastor to be the one that shares Jesus in your community. You don't have to work full-time vocationally in ministry to do what God has called you to do. Because the truth is, we need people working out in the world. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine... Everybody who says, I want to serve God with, with my career, every single one of those people becomes a pastor and works in church. Who's out ministering to the people? Right? If, if every believer said, my job is to work in church, we're missing our biggest mission field. I think God has called some to be pastors. God has called some to be worship pastors, children's pastors, youth pastors. God has called some to maybe not have the title of pastor, but you better believe you're a pastor to those people in your workplace. You are sharing the love of Jesus with those around you, and that is what God has called you to do. Don't ever sell yourself, sell yourself short of saying, I'm not in ministry just because you don't work in a church ministry. 
Your life is ministry. Ministry in its simplest definition means service. And man, if you're, if you're serving God, guess what? No matter where you are, no matter how much of a mess your job may, you may feel like it is, you're in ministry. You're serving God. Make sure he gets the credit and we're bringing people along because we're working with him. Every one of us has the ability to do it and our number one job, work for, worship, and serve God. For, for some of you in the room, I, I, I hope this is encouraging today that you can think no matter what you're doing, you get to serve and stay the course. Remember your high calling. This is a journey. This is not a destination. We're all on this journey together. Surrender control of our life. Willingly choose to follow Jesus. And I, I remember the very first time when I, I've shared the story before when I decided I'm gonna follow God. I'm putting my, my career, what I wanted on, on hold and I'm gonna follow God. Got a glimpse of it last night in the game. Could have been me down there, right? But deciding I'm gonna follow God. Give him my life. I was going one path. God redirected me in a really sharp, hard turn the other direction. But when I made that choice, I said, God, I surrender my career to you, my desire to you. I surrender fully to you. He so perfectly laid out what he wanted for me. And I love that I know that I do it, and he's with me every single day. And it's fulfilling because I know that he's in charge, that I'm doing it for him. And the invitation of Christ for all of us is so much more than everlasting life. It's an empowerment here and now to serve and work with him. And I pray that all of us here, no matter what we do, Make sure that he is at the center of it. Amen? I'd like you to stand with me and invite the worship team up today as we come to a close. And I know there's, there's many different perspectives in the room today uh, regarding work. Some of you may have been working hard, providing, doing, and, and you're in this, this mode of just got to go, 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 go. Wake up in the morning, get up early, come home late, repeat the next day. And that, that's when you feel like you're doing so much. You're providing. And I want to encourage you now, you're doing good hard work. Your family couldn't, probably couldn't be functioning without what you're doing and sacrifices you're making. <clears throat> it's not about always feel like doing what you love, but you feel like it's about just putting food on the table and a roof over my head. There's some of you that are in that place right now. I want to just encourage you today, if that's you, trust God to be in the midst of those moments too. I know that some of the hardest moments for me, and people can relate to this, were days where I got up early and my kids were still sleeping, not ready for school, and then days I got home and they were already in bed for the next day. Those are the worst for me. I still even get a little emotional thinking about them now. They don't happen all the time, but I'll go to say, I hate those days. I don't get to interact with my kids. But then I look at what God is doing in my life, and I know this was just one day in the grand scheme of what God's calling me to do, and I get to make up for it by being just the best dad I possibly can be to these children. Whatever your job may be, it may be, seen, it may be hard to find where God is, but trust that he's there. Trust he's working. He's invited you to be a participant in his plan for your life. Amen? God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that in the midst of, of sometimes jobs that can be a mess, you're there. I pray that whatever we do in life, we make sure that we're not finding fulfillment in the world. We're finding our fulfillment in you and what you've called us to do. So God, whatever anybody's situation may be, I pray you're the center, you're the focus, and that you are what fills us, not things of the world. We thank you, God. We love you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.